Ladies and gentlemen of Lafayette. The Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesolitis is Lafayette's number one sports show. Yes, I'm excited! He totally went to Jared. The voice of Lafayette Sports. The cream of the crop! Nobody does it better. Send us your thoughts on the text line at 765-447-4080. Now go to that voodoo that you do so stake tonight in week nine we're going to talk to sam king about that and plenty more from the journal and courier he's joining us here in about 14 minutes it'll be nice to catch up with him and yeah it's just it's going to kind of be a messy weekend the wind's going to whip up i don't know we might ask him a little bit about purdue as well while we're at it so uh, we got him he's coming up here in about uh 14 minutes like i said let's get started Kind of like we always do. It's need-to-know news time. Here's your need-to-know news. Boy, I'll tell you, this is a this is a thin Friday. Not a whole lot of contests going on on the national stage. But we got Purdue stuff going on here. Purdue soccer team last night, 0-0 draw against fourth-ranked Penn State. It's Purdue's best uh, performance against a top 10 foe since a 1-0 win at number 7 Wisconsin in the 2019 Big Ten Tournament. It is the squad's second ever win or draw against a top 5 opponent. Boilermakers shut out the Nittany Lions for the first time in program history. Penn State held without a goal for just the second time this season. The only other team to do it, a 0-0 contest with number 2 North Carolina. Charlotte Sear was great. Made a season-high seven saves. Her first shutout as a Boilermaker. Up next for Purdue Soccer, they begin their final road trip of the year when they head over to Illinois on Sunday. Next Sunday's their last home game against Minnesota. And then that's the season for the uh, Boilermaker Soccer team. High school football tonight. Myself and Jeff Julik, we will be out at Westside Gordon Straley Field. They're also seeing an undefeated Hamilton Heights team. 6.30 with the pregame. 7 o'clock with the kickoff. McCutcheon's going to head to uh, Marion. Jeff, this is an interesting one against Kokomo tonight. I want to see where they're at ahead of a... It's a tough sectional draw for them. McCutcheon with a win tonight uh, secures number two in the conference. I don't care if Kokomo wins tonight, beats Jeff, and they have the same record... McCutcheon beat them, so you're number two. Sorry, it's the way that works. Uh, Central Catholic is going to host Western. That's the uh, third-place game in the crossover. That game at LaRocca Field. And then Harrison looking to guarantee its sole possession of the NCC in the final year that McCutcheon and Harrison will be in it. And they should do that against Richmond tonight. Also, a Jeff win over Kokomo would secure that. Uh, as well. Not bad. Kicked them out of the conference, and Harrison and uh, McCutcheon will finish 1-2. And they're going to play an NCC schedule next year. 
but they technically won't be able to win the conference. It is what it is. And like I said, an extremely, extremely thin Friday on your need-to-know news. I mean, there's just, we don't have a ton. You got a few college football games here tonight. Uh, on the schedule for college football tonight is uh, Colorado hosting Stanford. Fresno State's at Utah State. Tulane is at Memphis. If you're wondering how Fresno State's doing, by the way, 5-1. and one, They finally took their first L of the year at Wyoming, 24-19. So, I mean, that's all that's going on. You only got two games tonight. Uh, in the NHL, Pittsburgh and Washington and Arizona at New Jersey. There's really nothing. There's some preseason NBA action, but there's just two games there with Miami at San Antonio and Golden State at the Lakers. Like I said, it's a very, it's an unusually quiet night. I was a little surprised by it. I thought there'd at least be more hockey on tonight. Although, I'll tell you what, we were on DraftKings and stuff last night. Got crushed on the hockey. Hockey did not play out well. Although, that football game, I told you that thing was an absolute mess. I told you I wanted nothing to do with it. I told you it was going to be ugly. I told you I hated taking the 11 points for Denver. That ends up pushing. And what did I tell you? Unders? I told you unders, didn't I? I specifically said, Judy... And no problem there. Absolutely no problem with Judy. So if you played unders last night, congratulations. That's a heck of a win for you. We're going to get back after it tonight, this weekend. Or not tonight, this weekend. Doesn't make any sense. We're going to get back after it this weekend. Our friends over at DraftKings 2 always do have a whole bunch of great stuff for you. I mean, we're talking NFL up to 100% boost on a same-game parlay. Tonight, if you want to get into uh, if you want to get into some stuff tonight, they have a no-sweat every day, same-game parlay, same-game parlay X. If you want to bet on one of these two NHL games tonight, a 25% boost there. 50% live boost if you're up late for Stanford in Colorado. And that can be as easy as, hey, you like one of those teams on the spread? Just wait until kickoff and then place the bet. You're good. 50% college boost this weekend, four-leg college football parlay. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Look, we are in a situation here this week where I think you need to be very mindful of what the what the weather forecast is in a lot of places because it's looking very windy against you know at Purdue. Now, Michigan and Indiana is probably going to be affected Poorly by weather. So just double check on that. Now I want to go to the NFL. I, I tried to come up with one really good bet here. And so I was thinking about putting together some parlays and stuff, yada, 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 yada. But then I settled on this Colts game because that spread has been dropping. Now we told you how long it's been. Yesterday, since the uh, since the Colts won in Jacksonville, they don't do well. So that makes me nervous about taking 
you know, the Colts and the four. I like Gardner Minshew. Don't get me wrong. But I wanted to try to find like a prop or something that we like. Just out the gate here, I'll tell you this. I do like Calvin Ridley this week. Over 61 and a half yards. This is a Colts defense. First off, that already gave up over 100 yards on 11 targets week one. Riley had a little bit of dip in his playing, uh, but he he was hurt. But he was back again, 122 yards last week in London. He's hit 100 yards in 10 of 26 games since 2020. And like I said, he already had 101 yards against this defense, which, by the way, ranks 27th against the pass. They gave up 140 to D-Hop last week, 163 to Nakua, 146 to Nico Collins. And you could take him. I got him at plus 400 earlier to go over 100 yards. You can get Calvin Ridley right now. Best price I found was on DraftKings earlier at plus 380 to go over 100 yards. And this is a Colts defense that routinely gives up big yardage to wide receivers this season. And at almost 4-1 to one on your money, uh, that is a look for you. Here this Sunday. That was right off the bat. That one jumped out at me. I'm backed off a little bit on the Bears. I think it's crazy that they're three-point dogs. But that might this might be the time to jump in on that. I think that's going to be a sloppy game. That might be an under candidate there as well. I think the forecast for the forecast for Chicago on Sunday was not positive the last time uh, that I checked it. We were expecting another very uh, windy game uh, in Chicago, possibility of some rain there. You know that the Vikings are without Justin Jefferson. But, I mean, it was not looking good for the weekend up in Chicago. And if that was going to be the case on Sunday... Yeah, showers and 20-mile-an-hour winds. I can't imagine that's going to be a big shootout of a game. So very important this weekend. you really got to make sure you're checking, especially in the Midwest here, make sure you're checking those weather forecasts because it is going to get ugly uh, here this weekend and take advantage of it. If you want to trust in that, I mean, start looking at those, uh, start looking at those unders. In the passing department, Kirk Cousins under 252 yards. Boy, that's way too high right now. Justin Fields is just uh, at 195. But you gotta like that under. That means if that's that if that's that high, that means um, receiving yards for guys like Jordan Addison, KJ Osborne. I think Hawk. I don't touch Hawkinson. I think it's going to, but those guys that really want to make those deep passes, you know, catch those long balls, like Addis is a perfect candidate to fade with that kind of weather this weekend. All right, we're going to take a break. Sam King, Lafayette Journal and Courier. He's going to join us next. Talk a little high school with him, maybe touch on a little bit of Purdue as well. That's coming up. You're listening to the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 101. 101- 
back. This is the Hammer Down Show. 1017 The Hammer. 1017 TheHammer.com. All right, let's get back after it here. Over to our Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. We go. And I've got Sam King, Lafayette Journal and Courier. He is on with us here. Sam, good evening. Uh, nice to have you here. A, uh, a robust schedule of high school football games uh, again here tonight. All five area teams are in action for the last week of the regular season. And most of these games actually have, you know, a little bit of consequence to it when you think about it. Uh, we'll be out tonight starting at 6.30 at Gordon Straley Field. It's the uh, Hoosier Conference Championship game, and uh, that tends to involve uh, West Lafayette more often than not. It will again this season. Uh, they get an undefeated Hamilton Heights team in uh, what seems to be like a, it's a early uh, sectional-type matchup here for the Red Devils. Yeah, it's uh, obviously uh, kind of every year, I think. I talked to Shane Fry about this, and he says this is the start of you know, championship season because, as you said, typically West Lafayette is in that Hoosier Conference championship game, and then you go right into the next week where it's you're playing for a sectional championship for the next three weeks, then a regional, semi-state, and state if you're fortunate enough to make it that deep into the postseason. So, uh, you know, the fact that it's a team that's not going to be a 70 to nothing game or 56 to nothing or, you know, the way – some of these West Side teams in the past have rolled over, you know, the Tiptons and Hamilton Heights of the world. Uh, now you get a team where uh, you are the underdog, uh, probably in the eyes of many, based on what Hamilton Heights has accomplished this year, uh, going 8-0, uh, essentially shutting out its last six opponents. There was a touchdown by South Bend Washington last week, but Shane Press said, I don't even count that. I saw that touchdown, and it's, you know, it was a shutout. So that's going to be the challenge is, can West Lafayette move the ball against this defense? And that's been something that uh, hasn't been easy uh, sledding for, for the Red Devils in recent weeks. Uh, too many three and outs, um, getting behind the sticks and having to, to try to make big plays. I think that uh, this is a game West Lafayette desperately needs just to kind of uh, find out where you're at, but also just get that caliber of competition in a big championship environment, uh, which – uh, with a team that uh, presumably would bring a lot of fans based on the season that it's had. So a lot of a lot of good things in store, win or lose, for West Lafayette tonight, I think, uh, in terms of moving forward. Why do you think they struggle here on on offense right now, Sam? I know they're a little beat up. I know they got probably more guys going uh, two ways than they want to. Is it just is it wear and tear? Is it just uh, moving some pieces around and still getting adjusted to it? What do you attribute to some of the offensive struggles for Westside to? Well, I will say what what West Lafayette players and coaches won't, and the injuries were significant. Uh, obviously, moving guys around, playing guys a lot more than than you want to. You've got Benny Speaker, who probably is playing Ironman football and never coming off the field. Um, you need reps off, uh, even if you don't want them. It's just smart, uh, you know, management of your players to do that. Um, but I think you know the, the key thing is they're just have been getting, you know, I talked to Carson Kitchell, the quarterback this week, and he said too many three and outs. You know, we can't have the ball for 40 seconds and then throw our defense back out there and, and ask them to come through for us yet again. Uh, the defense has been very good all season long, but uh, you have to put points on the board to complement that. Uh, and, you know, although West Lafayette won last week, I don't think that people would tell you that beating Twin Lakes 28-7 to or whatever it was is, uh, you know, is, Counts as, as a playing a, a well played ball game because we've seen what some other teams have done against Twin Lakes in recent weeks. Um, I, I think West Lafayette just has to get back to the team that 
say Benton Central, and I know Benton Central is a team that has struggled this year, but I thought that was the best game West Lafayette has played all year in terms of just being focused, uh, going out, marching up and down the field, doing what you should do against an opponent like that. And the offense is going to be helped by uh, some of these guys are coming back healthy uh, at the right time. So you uh, anticipate, you know, kind of easing them into it, I would think, tonight. And then moving forward, you're going to have to lean on, on some of those guys coming back. Talking with Sam King of the Journal and Courier here on our Hammerhead Hotline. Uh, you got McCutcheon and uh, Marion tonight. Uh, just a great going away present here, finishing second in the conference. I, I think that's a bit higher than most of us would have thought for McCutcheon. Uh, you know, we've known Josh Strasser for quite some time, and uh, we knew this program was going to get better. But boy, uh, I don't know that we would have pegged them to be this high. Just such great validation for them and a, a great season here. Uh, they should beat Marion tonight. I know Marion's been pesky at times, but. Uh, as long as they take care of business tonight, they finished in sole possession of second. And, uh, I, Sam, I don't think any of us had them that high in the NCC this year. Yeah, it feels like just a few weeks ago. It was just a few weeks ago. I was talking to uh, Harrison coach Terry Peebles about playing Lafayette Jeff, and, and he and both he and Pat Shanley at Jeff said, you know, this has been the conference championship game essentially for years. And, uh now we're looking at the end of the, the season, and McCutcheon has beaten Kokomo. McCutcheon has beaten Lafayette Jeff. Two games that not many would have pegged the Mavericks to win. So that was a huge feather in the cap. And then uh, I think, you know, talking to the players this week, they said it's amazing what happens when you play with confidence. And it was started with that Logan Sport game in week uh, five, I think it was, uh, but or week four, uh, week four or five, I think. Either way, they win that, go on, beat Kokomo the next weekend, and it was like, hey, Kokomo was ranked second in 4A at the time and undefeated and went to semi-state last year. And if we can beat them, you know, why can't we beat anybody else on our schedule? And it's just kind of steamrolled from there. And now you get a chance to take a, a five-game winning streak into the sectional, and you're going to have a home game with Decatur Central two weeks from now. Uh, things are really uh, running in the form for, for McCutcheon where you start to believe, you know, if this team goes out and wins the sectional championship, it won't be totally shocking. And I don't know if we say that, you know, six weeks ago. They are a team that's a, a really stacked 5A sectional, and I had been opining that, like, I, I don't know if you're either one of those teams in that sectional who you really want to play in the first round. I, I think it's very tight, but I'll tell you this. I don't know if I really want to play McCutcheon. I, that might be at the top of my list. They might not be the best team in that sectional, but uh, all of a sudden they look to be the most dangerous team in that sectional the way they've been playing defense here over the last four weeks. Yeah, their defenses uh, have been outstanding all year long, and it was helped about midseason. Uh, you added a couple guys who had been out early in the year, and that just made the Mavericks better. And I think the the receivers, uh, they've got a lot of them. You know, you don't have one guy that goes out and catches eight or ten balls a game, but you've got, uh, you've seen it, five mm-hmm. or six guys that go out and they catch, you know, three receptions for 66 yards, another guy with three receptions for 40 yards. And I think that makes you more dangerous when you've got you know, numerous guys that you can go to and you don't have that, you know, maybe that one big play guy that you just rely on. And it's been the same way with the running backs. And uh, the offense has gotten really rolling here as of late. And, and I really, you know, really for the last two years thought Owen Smith was, you know, one of the best quarterbacks around and just didn't get the, uh, didn't get the pub maybe that he deserved because McCutcheon wasn't winning games. Well, now we're seeing that and the kid has, you know, 1,500 passing yards and is completion percentage finally looks respectable because uh, guys aren't dropping balls. The, you know, the offense is in rhythm, and uh, you're right. I think this is a really, really dangerous team moving forward. 
I don't want to shortchange Harrison going out to Richmond, but it's Richmond. Uh, they are what they are, and uh, they're not good. Uh, Harrison's going to go out there. They're going to claim the NCC title in their last year in the uh, in the conference. I don't think that's a huge surprise uh, that they uh, did that. Certainly there was some competition for it. Don't get me wrong, but uh, if I would have told you that they, they would have finished uh, first in the conference uh, at the beginning of the season, you would have said, yeah, I can absolutely see that. Is this Harrison team who's going to host – Plainfield again in a couple of weeks. Um, are they better this year than they were last year, in your estimation? Uh, I would say no, <laughs> at least not on offense. But that defense has been incredible. I mean, way beyond what what probably anybody, I'm sure, defensive coordinator Andy Rodriguez probably can have foreseen a team that was going to allow less than ten points per game. Um, it's amazing, and it makes it easy to win football games when. You know, if we can score two touchdowns, we're going to win the game. Uh, and then you add to that the, the speed that the offense has, I think, is probably better than last year. Uh, maybe not the talent, but Chris Ferguson, um, you know, Blake Soldati, Carter Canoy, um, even throw Ethan Pop in there, which is a little change up. And then, uh, you know, Swathwood, there's just numerous kids that have speed to burn. And I think that's where they really get some people uh, on offense is, is big playability. And uh, that's made it uh, made life easy at times and i think it kind of all started probably the middle of the third quarter in that week one game against west lafayette where it was a dog fight it was is either one of these teams going to score and, and try to take control of this game and all of a sudden it was like boom harrison has 42 out of nowhere and that's kind of been how the raiders have gotten people this year is just uh hitting those big plays and a lot of it's been ferguson and, and canoy um those guys are, have been phenomenal. And if you're picking a, an area player of the year, which is a, a responsibility of mine, I guess, here uh, next month, I don't know how you, you peg one over the other if you're going between one of those two guys. Sam, uh, you know who else has a very good defense? That's Central Catholic. Uh, Coach Bryfogle, man, they took it to the state's number one wide receiver, held him to negative yardage last week. They got Mason Meister back. They got a great sectional draw. Uh, I know you're high on these Central Catholic Knights. They're going to take on Western again here, and uh, if they can get that victory here, they're going to be rolling going into next week's matchup against Winnemac. Yeah. Um, so I looked this up because I thought it was accurate, and it is. Uh, the last time they played, I believe, was 2019, and off a four game win, off a four game win streak, they won that, and yeah. then they go on to win the state title. Yeah, I'm way ahead of you on that one, buddy. It was eerie the parallels between the 2019 season and this one. Yeah, and it was a lot of the same things. You know, halfway through the season, you're thinking like, man, this isn't the same Central Catholic teams that we're accustomed to, that, you know, struggling, getting blown out by West Lafayette, getting blown out by Garen Catholic, and then all of a sudden it's like this team's on a roll. And I think that kind of like I mentioned um, earlier uh, with West Lafayette about guys getting healthy at the right time, clearly that's the case with Central Catholic. Mason Meister, is a, he was expected to be the workhorse in the backfield for this offense, and you don't have him for most of the year with just a – complete freak injury and then uh, Alex Hardebeck is just a, a straight up dude and we saw it last week where you can throw the ball to him in space and he can turn a five yard pass into a 70 yard touchdown no problem so uh, I think this team is a problem offensively maybe more so than defensively and you're right the defense has been phenomenal all year long and it's just you know it's not like peg one dude and say he's the guy on defense it's you can pick 10 guys out there 11 guys out there and say hey any one of those guys could be the guy that has Ten tackles this week and, and leads us. So, uh, yeah, I think this is a team that is primed now for probably a deep tournament run uh, in in two A, which is something that it hasn't done yet. So, uh, 
I'm interested to see how that all plays out. But uh, you're right. First and foremost, you've got to beat Western, which is a, a winnable game, a game that I think Central Catholic should win. But by no means is this going to be a, an easy win. And then you got Jeff heading over to Kokomo today. I know they're still waiting on getting Keen Crowder back, but the freshman, uh, Tristan Barrett, is uh, five touchdowns last week. I mean, he's equated himself pretty well here so far. Uh, but uh, that's a heck of a sectional draw that they got. But, you know, if they can come up here and sneak up on Kokomo tonight and uh, get that W, I think that's, uh, that's a lot of confidence. And maybe they get Keen Crowder back in time for that sectional game in two weeks up at Crown Point. Yeah, um, this was a, I think last year this game, was the reason Lafayette Jeff won a sectional championship. And I know that's weird to say because it was a week nine game that Jeff really wasn't playing for anything other than a victory and, and pride and uh, beat Kokomo 32 to 30. It was Kokomo's only loss until the semi-states. Uh, and that kind of spurred Jeff into the sectional where it won two tough fought games that, uh, that it had to find a way to win at the end. And very much the reason that years ago, Pat Shanley was, was at the forefront of pushing for a backloaded schedule where he wanted some of these premier NCC games later in the year uh, rather than, you know, the way Jeff used to have it. By week five, you knew what your your final season record was going to be going into the sectional because you'd played everybody that was worth anything uh, to that point. So uh, big, big game for the Broncos. Obviously, you get a win here. You get some confidence, and you're right, you know, freshman quarterback that uh, has had moments where he looked really good and then had moments where he looked like he was a freshman fourth stringer who was out there because everybody in front of him got hurt. But I think that he's proven he's capable of playing at this level. And sometimes you just have to get those game reps and, and, you know, let the game slow down for you a little bit. And I think that uh, he started to do that. And now you've got a chance to really get some momentum if you can beat Kokomo going into the postseason. Sam King, Lafayette Journal and Courier. Make sure you follow him tonight. He'll be out at Gordon Straley Field as well, covering the action alongside with us. Sam, uh, always appreciate your insight on high school football, man. Uh, don't forget your poncho tonight, all right? <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be in the press box, so I'll stay, I'll stay dry. Sure, we're going to have a room for you in the press box. No problem, buddy. We got you covered. Don't worry. <laughs> I'll see you tonight, buddy. Take care. See ya. <laughs> All right, egg tight. We've got plenty more of the Hammer Down Show coming up next on one. Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. Thank you, Sam King, for being on with us here. Be a great night of high school football, which will start 6:30 here on our station with uh, pregame coverage from Gordon Straley Field, getting you ready for that Hoosier Conference Championship game with West Lafayette. And Hamilton Heights should be a good one. Tomorrow, though, start at 10 a.m. Kyle Charters and myself are up, and we are on the air for Boiler Game Day. We'll be getting you ready for this one between Purdue and Ohio State. The weather, not looking ideal right now. Those rain showers starting to kick in right around game time. Wind picking up throughout the afternoon. And highs in the mid-50s. You know, those traditionally, those uh, weather conditions that traditionally Purdue has favored played very well in, right? I'm very well aware of the spoiler makers. I am very well aware of what has happened to Ohio State in road games here when they have been ranked. It's not gone well. I got this stat today. Since 1947 at Ohio State, 1947, we're just out of World War II. 
There has not been a coach at Ohio State, a head coach, who has not lost on the road at Purdue since 1947. Ryan Day, this is his first time coming over here. But he's lost as an offensive coordinator, don't forget. Just a stunning stat. I am aware of that. I am pulling for Purdue. But I'll tell you this, I am having... I'm having trouble finding the angle for it. Like, how how does that happen? Well, first off, I think the good news is, if the weather is nasty, that's a little bit more in Purdue's favor because I think it slows down uh, the offense just a little bit. Having Henderson back and fully healthy for Ohio State is a big problem for Purdue because... You know, I, they didn't have him last week against Maryland, and what they average, like two and a half yards of carry? He is not going to average two and a half yards of carry. He's too good. That's been the weak link of Ohio State outside of somehow they start slow, even though they open up with opening drives for touchdowns. And then they fall off the face of the earth. That's the battle right there. If there's a battle that Purdue has a good chance of winning, it would be that one. Because like I said, I think Henderson is a is a very good running back. But Ohio State has struggled to get those yardage that yard at times. And the Purdue defense hasn't been half bad at stopping the rush. Now going to the air is a bit of a different animal, but if it's raining and it's blowing a lot, hey. That's a little bit of an X factor that might be able to help you out there. Because we know how talented these wide receivers are for Ohio State. If you're a Colts fan, you've been talking about getting Marvis Harrison Jr. for like, oh God, like the last three years or something. Ugh. But I, 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 you got to see that on, on the defensive side. That's, that's what it's got to be. If Ohio State can throw the ball at will, this is going to be a very long day for the Purdue defense. Ohio State also very good once they start to get inside the red zone and in finishing drives. So there's a that, that's a concern. But again, with the weather conditions, Perhaps you can nullify some of those advantages. That would be a huge break, I think, for Purdue, despite the fact that their history says they don't play well in the rain. The thing that truly concerns me is this Ohio State defense, who has been very good. No matter who they've played, they've been very good. I mean, the safety group is fantastic. They don't get a lot of sacks. I will say that. They get a lot of pressures, but they they have not been able to really uh, get after the quarterback too much. But you have a bang-up Hudson card who, quite frankly, has been I feel has been holding on to the ball a little bit too long at times. You're a little indecisive, maybe waiting in that pocket a little bit too, mu- too long, maybe should be running. But he's coming to this one hobbled. Marcus and Bo is gone.
I mean, I'm, I'm concerned. I'm very concerned about that, what the Purdue offense looks against this Ohio State defense. Again, they've been extremely good. Have they played a whole bunch of great programs? Oh, but you know what? Look what they did to Notre Dame. What they held Notre Dame to 14 points? And that's a pretty darn good offense. You know, they held Tua and uh, in Maryland to just 17 points. Tua had one TD, two INTs, didn't even cross the 200-yard mark. Again. Good defense. That, that was one of Tua's worst games. This dude had already thrown for over 325 yards in two games this season. He threw for 352 against IU the week before that. 196, only completed 51% of his passes. It's a, it's a very, very big concern for me on what, how Purdue is going to score. This has to be a low scoring affair, I think, for Purdue to get there. And you're going to need the weather conditions, I think, to cut into it a little bit. You're going to need Ohio State to commit to the run and have trouble passing the football to get there. And then I think you're just going to have to count on grinding it out on offense, getting some getting some running room there, getting some kind of push out of your offensive line if you can, and playing field position. That's, the, that's how I see, that's the way that Purdue can win this game. I'm not saying that's the way the game is going to break, but if you are looking for something, if you are looking for some signs, or you're looking for this path to victory, I'm doing the math here, that seems to be the way that they're going to have to win this one. The real scare here is if Ohio State says, okay, we're going to line up, we're going to run the ball right down your throat, and they find success doing that. I mean, you just need to limit this run, which again, with Henderson back and healthy in a poor performance last week against Maryland... I, they're gonna they're gonna focus on it. I mean, it's that's that's as plain as day. And you can see that when they combined for rushing last week, sixty-two yards, sixty-two yards. Of course, McCord took twenty away, so eighty-two maybe between their top two guys. Yeah, they want to reestablish that. I promise you this week. And if the weather's gonna be like that, if you can just keep the ball on the ground and pick up the yards. Uh, you'll be more than happy to do that. So who wants to win in the trenches in the rush game? That's how I boil this down. And that's how I see Purdue with the path to victory. That's what's going to have to happen. We're going to take our final break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the Hammer Down Show. Stick around. There's more next. Welcome back to the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. I'm Jared Jesselitis trying to wrap it up here for the week of shows with things we may have missed. Uh, I may have missed this, but thank you to uh, Sam King for retweeting. That's how I saw it. The Fox College Football Handle has a, a fantastic uh, video here. It's like three and a half minutes long on their uh, Twitter. It's um, Cam Allen taking around WWE wrestler Big E uh, around all of their uh, locker rooms and whatnot and showing them everything, giving them a tour as it's uh, one of the larger ones in the uh, country. And 
that piggy, it's, it's a good video. You should check it out. But also, that piggybacks on the work that was just done with the men's and women's basketball locker rooms. By the way, if you did not see the women's basketball locker room, uh, much like the men's, only in white, I like the aesthetic a bit more. I'm more, I'm a, I'm a minimalist guy. That's my decor. But I like the white. The white looked cleaner to me. That was just me. But anyway, I guess my point here is I've always been per- impressed with Purdue and when they do these projects, just how well they come out. I mean, it's it's not these massive budget, massive facility type things, but they really do more uh, with what they have. And I've always been really impressed with that. And they did it again with this uh, locker room upgrades. Was I think they spent like $6 million to do both of these lounge areas. Uh, that little, uh, I don't know what the name of that club is down there, um, right at the tunnel. You know, they have that there too. Um, you know, the tunnel in Mackey itself. I, I'm always impressed. They've just done such a great job on facilities over the last decade or so. And I can't wait to see this new golf clubhouse as well. I mean, come on. If it's half as good as what the Ackerman Allen uh, redesign was, phew, let's go. Let's go. Uh, other things we may have missed, the NFL is fining George Kittle $13,000 for his uh, F Dallas t-shirt that he wore and revealed during the uh, game on Monday night. You might as well not find him at all. What's the point? $13,000. Dude would absolutely do that again. Absol- I think he's saying that he would absolutely do it again. And you're doing it knowing what the maximum fine is for that, which is probably what the 13 is. And saying, yeah, I made peace with that. I'm okay. I'll still do that. I'm all for pettiness, but I think you could just do better than that simplistic message about it. I don't know. I'm still old school. I'm like, you know, you do realize kids look up to you. That just sends the wrong kind of message. I've, I, I just, I've never been for that overly show-off stuff. It's just a little too extra for me. Speaking of a little too extra, I know Philadelphia is super excited about beating the Braves. I do not get the big beer celebrations, champagne celebrations for winning a round of the playoffs like they do. Getting in the playoffs, clinching the division, sure. I think I'm okay with that. But each playoff round, like, tarping everything off and celebrating, like, I want to win the big one. Maybe if you win the league, National American League, you can do that. You go to the World Series. That seems like a celebratory thing. But, like, you know, doing it after you win, like, a wild card round or something, just, eh. What are we doing? It's supposed to mean something. Those are supposed to be super special celebrations. Everybody's upset media, revealing stuff. Hey, just. Maybe we act like winning one playoff round isn't the most important thing or the biggest accomplishment. That's just me. Finally, I want to thank you guys, uh, as always. You're great interacting with us all week long. I know this has been a rough week uh, in the world and everything, too, and I'm glad that we're able to spend this time uh, each uh, each day at 3 o'clock where we can just talk local sports kind of escape. It's, uh, it's tragic what's happening out there these days, uh, especially in the international news, and I know that you guys need a break, and I promise I'm going to continue to uh, just bring you the sports here, try to have that escape here and take a break from all that stuff. Uh, and I hope you get those breaks when you do need them. Don't forget tonight, 6.30, we're out at Gordon Straley Field. That does it for the Hammer Down Show on 101.